Two Recruiters, One Mike. A podcast brought to you by Talent United, where we talk about business, people, and the business of people. That's Dion Hart. And that is Gary Banks. This is the radio. Welcome back to another episode of Two Recruiters, One Mike, a uh, Talent United podcast with me, Dion Hart, and my learned colleague, Gary Banks. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? How are you going? Mate, well, I'm a little tired, I've got to say, because uh, I've been burning the candle at both ends. You have been. And uh, spending half my nights watching the greatest sport in the world uh, play out on TV. Right. And, uh, well, that's a great segue to today's topic being one of my uh, favourite topics to talk about and hear talked about around the office, he says, with the greatest degree of sarcasm possible, soccer. That it's football for a start, so let's just let's just go with that. So, so we're talking about the football footballeroos, or who are we talking about here? The, the, the socceroos, the, the, the team known as the socceroos. But it's not play, soccer; they play. They play football. Oh, that's weird. Why would they do so, that? Association football, shortened to soccer. This could be a conversation for another day. Suffice to say, there'll be a conversation my, for later. Yeah, and tomorrow, and yeah. probably the day after. Suffice to say, my you know, Kiwi friend over here knows nothing more than rugby. And uh, nothing I, more needed. I'm, I'm probably have a more worldly view than that, and uh, take on the international game, the world game, which is football. So massive fan, greatest time of the year, greatest time of every four years is the World Cup, and that's what we're actually going to be talking about today. Not specifically about you know how the cup has gone, but no, don't tune out or be concerned that you're going to fall asleep. As you're driving, because we're not going to be talking specifically about soccer. Although, Gaz, I have to say, you do have. You do have a, a, a very genuine ability to pull a an analogy from sport, oh, yeah. or a comparison uh, between sport and you know what we do, and sometimes life in general. Yeah, well, and I know there's people out there that wait with bated breath every four years for me to have my blogs <laughs> come up about well, kicking, kicking uh, off with a what, big you know, line. What we've learned from the workplace for uh, being, so they expect to see the first one of those this week uh, hit the shelves. Uh, when I say shelves, I mean LinkedIn. And, and how long uh, have you been planning to write that? Oh, it's been through the group stages, which has been the first two weeks. So first one's on the group stages, but we'll probably do another one uh, summarising everything. So maybe two this year, like a few years we've gone like one a week and that was just a little bit too crazy. That's a so, bit much. Yeah, so, but that, that, and that's I guess what led us to what we're going to do today in that trying to make some analogies. So look at what has been happening and you're seeing the crazy reaction and people all over Australia, particularly following the Socceroos and getting behind it. But uh, you know what, let's pick out a few key themes um, regarding uh, the, the world game and what's developing in front of us. And, all, and putting those in the context of people, business, and the business of people. So uh, from that, we're probably going to do this in two parts. And the first part today, we'll be looking at things. This is the group stages. You know, part one, the group stages. Part two will be the finals, which will be next week. You see, I'm getting a little bit excited about this, but, uh, and you're just rolling your eyes. This, well, is okay. the, this is the most excited I've seen you in the workplace yeah, well, for this, this, this 2022. Is, yeah, this is the stuff that we like. So this is the group stages, and this is uh, a, a, about the candidate perspective. So we picked out four key themes, which we are going to talk about, and, then, and those themes are competition, this is a, a footballing uh, competition, teamwork, it's a team sport, uh, global environment, it is the true one and only global game, and management, 
uh, management around those areas. So they're the four themes, and we're going to look at them firstly from this, today from the candidate perspective, and then uh, in the next subsequent podcast, look at it from a, you know, a client's perspective. Okay, and just and just in amongst that, where does um, where does falling over and pretending to be hurt? Where does that fit into those four? Sectors. A, is that is that okay? An okay global, thing to do global, in the workplace? It's a global environment, and that's and seeing that there's and that does happen in soccer all around the world. Yes. In other cultures, uh, that is considered something that is um, not really a thing for for us here in Australia. But you know, we uh, we've got to respect and look you know, we look at where the, this World Cup is being held, and it's been very controversial. Oh, easy, Tiger. We don't uh, get political on this show, yeah, and, look, and I use the term show very sorry. loosely. <laughs> yeah. It's look, and that, that in and of itself, there, you know, there's some fascinating stories in behind that. Uh, of course, you would have been riveted to the Netflix documentaries on how uh, you know, it all evolved and the cor- corruption scandals and that sort of thing, and then the treatment of you know, LGBTI, Mate, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Workers and all that sort of stuff. The only thing I love more than watching soccer is watching Netflix documentaries about soccer. Believe me. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Right but uh, anyway, so, so that aside, competition. So that aside, it, it, it's, it's come in. And it, it, what has shown, uh, it, as we're recording this sort of just after the group stages uh, have finished, in that there has been the, the level of competition has been fantastic through the, the World Cup. The first time in the history of the World Cup, I think, I believe, uh, there's not had, no team has won all three games. Right, not the entire team and the whole thirty-two that was there has done it. So it's proving that there is a level of competition and that, that that it's becoming perhaps a little bit more of a level playing field. Sure, the big guys are always going to do well, um, and and this is, I guess, from a similar point of view. Let's look at it through the lens of candidate and the competition. And, and here we're talking about competition for roles, basically. So your career, your advancement, you're looking for a new role. We are, where does sort of competition come into to play for that? Um, what's your thinking around competition for, you know, for roles, in, uh, for candidates looking for roles, Dean? Uh, look, I would say as far as, uh, from a candidate's perspective, the, the competition really lies um, with the companies that are trying to attract talent. So it's, from a candidate's perspective, how do you without starting some kind of Dutch auction or, you know, playing one company off against the other, how do you take advantage of the competition that really all or almost all companies are facing at the moment in terms of their talent attraction? And, that you know, we're, we're certainly seeing in your space and my space and all the spaces we work in, there are, um, you know, there's a lot of company, there's so there's a lot of candidates who are getting, they're interviewing with lots of companies that, and in a lot of cases they're getting multiple offers. So... From a competition perspective, it's a good time to be a candidate, um, but it's how you how you manage your way through that competition without, you know, I mean, you can't, we've talked about this before, you can't go to one company and say, well, I've got an offer for this, and then you go back to the other one and say, well, now I've got uh, 110, and they go, well, I'll give you 120, and then you go, well, now I've got 130. So it's about leveraging and taking advantage of the competition as a candidate without sort of taking that too far and you know, kind of leaving a bad taste in anyone's mouth. Yeah, I think looking from that point of view, um, you really have to be truly committed to the move. Like, so you're not just doing this, Not you're not tie-kicking here because all you're going to do there is just burn bridges. Mm. And even if you don't take a role at a particular organisation, 
you can still keep a, a if it's done communicated the right way, done in the in the right manner, that it can uh, still be some of the maybe down the, in the in the future you might uh, get there down the track and go and work for them because it was all handled in the right way. Um, the other one I would like to, to probably go and maybe take a slightly contrary opinion to what you just said. Okay, is that even if even if it's a, a candidate short market, which we know that it is, and you know there's a dearth of, of people looking for it. It's a dearth. dearth. A dearth. What's a dearth? There's not many. Okay. So, uh, do we have to? Oh, right, well Shakespeare. As well as as well as educating you about sport, do I have to educate you on the English language? I've never heard the term dearth. Well, there you go. Well, that's because you spend too much time off the earth. So um, <laughs> let's uh, let's look at it. even if there's a role that it, you know, is open. It's unlikely for a start that before that role became open. That you're getting competition from elsewhere. So you're getting competition, firstly, from internals. So yep. all of a sudden organisations say, oh, I need a, a manager in this particular area. Well, there might be someone who's in that senior role that wants to put their hand up for it. And the reason that's now gone external is probably because that person hasn't got that role. So what you need to realise is once you've gone and if you've taken this role and you've accepted it and you start there, there may well have been people along the way that have applied for that role and are a little bit pissed that they didn't get it. So yeah, possibly. You know, so find this out. That that's that's part of the deal. Like when you either in the interview process or when you start, find out if there was other people along. And you know, make that person your ally uh, because they can help you and you can help them in their career trajectory. However, if you don't, you, you could be seen as right. Well, they're going to they're going to stick it to you, and the politics are going to come into play. Yeah. So just be aware of that that's the first bit of competition. There would have probably been one even maybe before that, uh, or after, depending on how you how you do it. But where the organisation's gone, okay, we need this role. We haven't got anybody internally, but we need to do this. Can this be done here, or is there something we can maybe outsource? Yeah, I was going to say protect? outsourcing is probably uh, competition. That's a competition. Yeah. That is another competition that you're up against. So when you're going in the role, again, we've talked about this at times where everyone's saying, "Hey, I want to work remote. I want to be 100% remote." Well, you know, be careful of what you wish for because, as the saying goes, I, 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 it's not mine, but I, I heard it and I really liked it. This is one of your it. good sayings, I have um, to say. Yeah, if, um, if you can do your job anywhere, then someone anywhere can do your job. So that if this yeah. role can get done elsewhere, then it may well be. So what you want to do, I guess, is look for roles that are uh, a little bit... Uh, Little bit outsource proof, if you like. If yeah, that's right. A word. Yeah. Um, so, and to do that, you got to say, what am I bringing to the table? What What is it that I'm bringing to this thing? And and this where again, if you look at you know down the down the track, five years, ten years, fifteen years, like when my kids are going to be looking for, for work in sort of ten years time, what roles are going to be out there that they're going to be doing? And, and inevitably, there's the tech is going to play more of a part. Outsourcing is going to play more of a part. But it's something where you can bring face-to-face value is, is going to be the thing that you can... Is, yeah. is the only thing you can't outsource. You can't outsource face-to-face, right? So if there's something that is done better uh, or is enhanced by being face-to-face, that's the sort of things you want to get into. I'll look back to the accounting side of things. When you look at what I do with accounting firms, you know, people think of accountants as just people that sit in there and play with numbers all day. In an accounting firm, it has to be somebody who can talk to clients. You can't talk to clients, find out what their problems are, get engagement with them, 
then you are not going to have a, a career long term in an accounting firm. So, you know, th these are the sort of competitive areas that are, are out there. Um, you know, internal people competing, external factors outsourcing that you're competing. So just make sure that you're bringing something to the table when you're looking at these roles and, and try to you know, push, push your career to somewhere where it's relatively outsource proof. Right. So a lot of it sounds like a lot of what you're talking about flows on to our next point. And I note that you've gone to painstaking lengths over the last few weeks to tell me that the Socceroos are um, how far they are from the highest paid team. So obviously we've got the Messi's, the Mbappe's, uh, well, Ronaldo's, Ronaldo's of the world, um, and he's got. Who, who did you say was some? There was a team worth a billion dollars. Yes, yeah, so Argentina. Argentina, the, the, the net worth of, of then the transfer value yeah. of that team is, is approaching a billion dollars. And the Socceroos was what about eleven thousand? <laughs> about fifty million. Right, which just now not to be sneezed at, but it's still nowhere near a different stratosphere. Now, the funny thing about transfer values is, is this is what somebody puts a valuation on and. Being at the shop front window of the World Cup, that that can change. So I would suggest that that number for Australia has gone up remarkably over the over time. But it just shows what it is. I was trying to put it in context for your uh, your your game rugby, and it was as if the All Blacks, uh, who uh, seem to be okay at their what they do, um, were playing against you know someone that doesn't play like I don't know Kenya or something like that. Um, and that that's like the equivalent of it. So if Kenya were to beat the All Blacks, you think, well, that's pretty much a major major upset. You know, if it was Ireland, I mean, that's accepted because Ireland beat the All Blacks all the time. Sounds so, like I'm hearing a lot of excuses here for Australia not beating Argentina, I have to say. But yeah. bring, bringing it back to teamwork, what is, what, why do you think... I mean, they obviously played very well together. You know, they got, like you say, they got a long way further than maybe on not on paper, but, you know, in comparison to other teams, you know, there were probably, I don't know, there were probably teams that were ranked higher than them that got knocked out that didn't go through as far as the Socceroos went. So a lot, surely a lot of that does come from teamwork. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. I mean, I can't remember, one of the old English football managers who had a saying was, you know, they had a great team on paper. Unfortunately, the game was played on grass. And so, you know, not bad. what you had before then doesn't really matter. Once you get out there, it's 11-11. And it's how you react as a team. And, and the Socceroos were actually a really good example of this. That, that clearly, player for player against Argentina, the Argentina were better. Uh, but it was just the ability to work together as a team um, and you know, put in for each other, that sort of thing. Like you see this in sport a lot. And you know, again, not disparaging your rugby, but you see this in rugby a lot because you're essentially putting your body on your line mm. in, in, in life-threatening <laughs> ways at times uh, when, you, when you're putting yourself in, in front of you know, some, some massive all-black that's sort of running straight at you and running over the top of you. But it's the same, same here. These guys, the amount of kilometres that they covered in the game and the amount of running they did, they're doing that for the team. It's not just for themselves or personal glory. The only way that they were going to be competitive is to work as a team. And, you know, and that's... So it's about instilling those team values into it. If you listen to all of the rhetoric around uh, Socceroos leading up to it, it was around that. It was that, hey, we're going there is 11-11, but we're going to play as a team. These guys will you know, die for each other, basically. And it's, and it's that ability. So, again... We're putting this in the context of a, of, a, of a candidate. If you're somebody that is going for a role, and in most cases you're going to be part of 
some team. Like, yeah. even if, I don't know, even if you're the only person in Brisbane for a, 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 com- a company that's got mostly offices in Sydney, and Melbourne, well, those Sydney and Melbourne people are still part They're of still the team. They're still your team, yeah. So yeah. you have to find ways in which you can, well, firstly, in that interview process, get across your values and of, of being a team player. Um, but also then once you're in that role, exhibit those characteristics as well and, and show that you can be you know, that team player. Um, and by team player, sometimes people use it, and it's like bad managers will often use this. If somebody hasn't done like the status quo or towed the line, you know, they'll go, oh, you're just not being a team player. Yeah. You know, it, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about for the greater good. You know, like you'll put in and do something which mightn't be exactly what you want to do, but you're doing it for the greater good of the company or the mission or wherever it is that you're that you're uh, heading towards. And if you can exhibit that those characteristics in an interview, that will go a long way to you securing securing a role. So, would would you say that being a team player means? Because some like so, I'm thinking. Okay, so back a fair while, I did a lot of sales recruitment. Right, and that's you know within a sales team, there's not a lot of team play goes on. Like there, re- I think of any job type that I can think of, there's very there's often not always obviously, um, there's often not a lot of team play goes on. It's like I want to be the big dog, I want to hit budget, I want the biggest figures, and no one does really anything to help anyone else in their team. Is that what you're suggesting? It's like obviously you've got to do your job well, but being a good team player surely goes over and above or outside the lines of just doing your own job well. Yeah, it does. And the funny thing you say that like about the sales side of things because I know that certainly taking the recruitment side of things, that used to be the case you know, back in the day. You know, 10, 15 years ago, that was all about the big billers and, and what have you. And, and it was when recruitment was often done as a 360 and you are your island and you, you did everything. everything. Yeah. Now it's all about having a team. You've got your marketing people, you've got your resources, you've got your business development, and then you've got the recruiter uh, in in the mix as well. So you do have to get on with that team. Yeah, I think you're seeing in just about every industries, you're seeing more and more of the, the that team ethos coming involved, and you know trying to do everything on your own and, and putting others down so you can rise up. People call bullshit on so that years ago. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and really, for your long-term career, if you try and do that, like you do that to somebody, just look out for your back because they're going to get your back real soon. So, you know, you've got to show you can whether you can point out to specific projects that you've worked on, or just in, in you know, maybe you've mentored somebody and helped somebody along as part of your team, or even you know, if you reference outside sport as your your ability to team, they're, they're the things you've got to show. Because they're, they're the people that they want to have on board are those team players. Yeah. The other thing that really interested me, well, something that really interested me about the Soccer World Cup, and, and as you know, there hasn't been heaps, although I have to say I have I have enjoyed seeing Australians um, relish how far the soccer has got. I, that's, that has been pretty cool to see. But I saw uh, someone put a post on LinkedIn uh, yesterday, and it was a picture of Graham Arnold, who's the coach. And I don't really know the whole story, but they were kind of saying, look, Graham Arnold went into the World Cup as sort of a, with a bit of a stink around him for some yep. reason. Um, and, you know, obviously the players are out on the field and, you know, you can debate whether the, the coach or the manager is how much they are responsible for people's performance, whether it's on a sports team or 
in a business, but he's obviously done an incredible job as well. Yeah. What's he done to, to, to allow them to perform the way they have? So I've got to bet I was probably one of these people that didn't necessarily rate Arnie all that high, I've got right. to say. I, I, I hope he's he listening. Was, yeah, I thought I he was solid listening. without being spectacular. Uh, but those that have been coached by him, uh, and particularly this uh, group here, uh, it's cohort of people, you, you know what cohort means? You, I, I yeah, know okay. that one, yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, Thanks it, for that. It's, uh, they have, have talked about the man management skills. And I say man management because they're all talking about men. They're talking about their own it's team. people management yeah, of course. in general. But they, they reference to his man management skills and that he gets you believing um, that, you, you know, you can do it. Uh, and, and individually, each person has that belief that they can get on. And then he gets them to work together as a team. When he was coach at Sydney FC, uh, he used to play against Melbourne Victory, which was the name of the team. Yeah. He wouldn't refer to them as Victory because he would think that he didn't that's, want to say he it. didn't want to say yeah. that the other team is Victory. He would just say, we're playing against Melbourne. Okay, and, and look, there's little things like that, that, you, you know, again, in, in, the, in the workplace and, and as, a, as a candidate, um, looking for that, if you can exhibit those sorts of skills, that, that, that ability to have people, you know, management's about getting, um, there's management and there's leadership, and that's a whole other conversation, and probably for people more intelligent than us to come yep. in and talk about it. But in this, in this circumstance, it's about getting people to, to follow you. Now, um, Graham Arnold's not out there on the pitch, but he's got them all then believing that they can do, do the role. So again, if you're, you're uh, looking for a role that's in management, you need to be able to exhibit that you can have those characteristics that you can empower people to go and do what they need to do to yeah. be successful. And I think that's when it's really um, important to, if, if you are if you are a candidate, it's really important to leverage the times that you have done that. And I know that's hard if you're in a role where you're not a manager and you're maybe you're interviewing for your first management role. But certainly if you're an existing manager and you're looking at another management or leadership role, it's really important to be able to kind of outline examples where you have brought people together and you have led people and the results that you um, that you have achieved because it's very easy to say, oh, well, I would, you know, if I was in charge of this team, I would do this or I would do that or, you know, I'd implement this change or whatever. But until you're actually in the role, that's really, um, that's really difficult to get across. Yeah. Uh, but if you can rely on those kind of, you know, those kind of historical situations where you have done it, yeah, that's yeah. always going to serve you well. Yeah, we've, we've talked about this interview. You talk about, show a little anecdotal story about what you've done in the past to, to show that you can do it in the future. Uh, it's funny, like similarly uh, with a, a much more uh, highly credentialed footballing team like England, um, who years have, have over, well, probably underperformed uh, on, the, on the world stage. And they've had times where they've had little clicks, essentially, uh, which is again what you would get in the workforce and, and their manager Gareth Southgate has has managed to overcome those uh, and get them sort of more working as a team uh, and, and you know the belief in in each other is there when you know previously they it was all their seven Manchester United players in the team and they all hang around together and you know, get involved so it's all about you know managing this team to be able to work together. Um, I guess the final thing that I probably wanted to touch on is sure. that global environment. Um, and that's the other thing we're looking at from a candidate point of view here. In that, it, you know, football's a world game. There's, there's more uh, nations recognised by FIFA than there are by the United Nations. So it's, it's played by everybody. 
and work can get done everywhere as well. We've already touched on that on the outsourcing. But this is now, if you are looking at career-wise, these oversized opportunities. The, the, yeah, it's a global it, workforce. The, we used to call the OE, the, yep. the Overseas yep. Experience, where you'd go over and do your time in the UK or the US or wherever it might be. Uh, they're coming back. Uh, your borders are open now. COVID is you know, it's still around, but it's easy to travel. So yeah, they're, they're the opportunities. So that's if that is something that hadn't been on your radar for the next couple of years, that's certainly back in vogue now. So um, the, as we've talked about previously, that there are shortages of, of good quality people all around the world. So you, know, you have got a fairly good opportunity right now if you did want to go further afield um, to try and have a look at these, uh, these overseas opportunities. Certainly. And uh, if someone wanted to make a uh, shameless plug, if somebody wanted to make an overseas trip, uh, we our agencies are part of a, a network of around 500 firms globally. It's about 500. Yep, it's about 500. So, um, you know, if you are thinking about um, heading away, you want to go and experience another country, or, or if you... Uh, I highly doubt it, but if you are listening in another country <laughs> and you want to come back to Australia, we can probably help you with that too. But if you want any help on that, reach out. We can. Uh, chances are we can connect you with uh, a recruiter on the ground pretty much wherever it is you want to go. It's funny you say that because I, I have seen the two Recruiter One Mike t-shirts in, in three separate continents. That, well, that's very true. Yeah. That is a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. It's, it's that is going fact. global. So. Although that may, that may be three out of uh, only four to recruiters, one Mike T-shirts to date produced. That's correct, yes. And we may have given them to those people. So as yet, we haven't sold any merch. Yeah. Also, we don't have a merch store because <laughs> uh, we can't get people listening. We can't get, I'm sure we can't get people wearing the T-shirts. Uh, but thank you for listening. Uh, it's, it's good to be back. It's good to be discussing soccer. Yes. And we'll have a part two next, next time. Tune in for that. More soccer. Hashtag more soccer chat. Uh, but if you did want to ask us a question for our talent bite, uh, try not to make it about soccer, but even if it is, I'm old mate over here will probably gladly answer it. Uh, jump on the website, www.2recruiters1mike.com. You can ask your question there, and uh, we'll address it as a talent bite, which is a little five-minute version of uh, one of these podcasts. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe so we can reach more people. And don't forget, if you want to submit a question for our Talent Bites section, you can do so on our website, tworecruiters1mic.com. See you next time.